Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Jeff Dahl, Senior Pastor of Stockbridge Community Church. I want to say thank you for joining us online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our Sunday services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. If you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply click the Give Online link at the upper right-hand corner in your web browser. And let me say it again, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, good morning, good afternoon, everyone. How are you? Fantastic. I hope that you're in for a great Memorial Day weekend. And uh, again, as Pastor Jeff said, honoring those that have served for us, we so appreciate that. My name's Chesney. I'm the family ministry pastor here, and it's my privilege to get to bring the message today uh, as we're continuing our series called Awesome Friendships or Awesome Relationships, and today how it does relate to friendships. Um, When I was about three, uh, I had two friends, and the unique thing about these two friends were that they were imaginary. Uh, I even named them. Their names were Kim and Julie. And uh, the neat thing about Kim and Julie were they weren't only imaginary, but they were based on real people. So my mom, who is here today, and she would say this is true, uh, she forced me to take a dance class when I was three years old. And in that class were Kim and Julie. They were actually people. And so I'd play with Kim and Julie at dance class, but then I would go home and pretend to continue to play with Kim and Julie. Well, one time we were on our way to town, and uh, my grandmother and my mother tell me this story that uh, I was, of course, in the back seat, or in those days, probably standing up in the middle of them because we didn't really have car seats and all that back then. But I was uh, in the car with them and got about two miles uh, toward town and began to cry. And they said, well, what's wrong? Why, why are you crying? And I informed them that we had left Kim and Julie at home, the imaginary ones. And like any good grandmother and mother, they turned around to go get them. And so we brought Kim and Julie with us, the imaginary ones. Well, I don't know about you if you had any imaginary friends when you were small or whatever, but it's just funny that as kids and as teenagers, we understand the value of friendships. And we understand how important that is. But as we get older and life sort of sets in, We begin to squeeze out those friendships, those relationships, and maybe not value them as much. And we cover it up with things like, I'm just too busy, I don't have enough time, and I'm I'm the number one person that's guilty of this. But today we're going to kind of dive in to understand, first of all, what does God say about friendships and why are they so important? And then if, if they're so important, how do we gain those friendships in our life. So I want to dive into the first question today, and it's why do we need awesome friends? And so I believe the first reason today that you can take out your outline, you can write this down, is that we need awesome friends for spiritual growth. We need awesome friends for spiritual growth. I would say that it's worth your time to develop friendships in your life in order to help you grow spiritually. It is very difficult to grow spiritually and to grow in your faith without other people in your life. We just weren't meant to do life alone. In fact, Romans in the Bible, it says it this way in Romans, the first chapter in verse 12, it says, I want us to help each other with the faith we have. Your faith will help me and my faith will help you. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation, but I have, where I have needed people to have faith for me. 
I have needed people to pray for me. I've not had enough faith or enough prayer in me to do it for myself because maybe I was going through a difficult time and I'm sure you've been in those situations as well. You've just needed people to help you through times. And on the other side of that, you know what? It's very difficult if God wants to develop kindness within me. It's very difficult for that to be developed without other people around me to be kind too. Would you agree with that? And if I'm trying to develop patience within myself, it's very difficult to develop patience if I don't have the people around me in order to be patient with. So spiritual growth and friendships, relationships, go hand in hand. I think the second thing that we need in order to have uh, awesome friends in our life or why we need awesome friends is for better health. For better health. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about this, but science has a lot to say about this as well. Statistically, people that have friendships in their life, people that have close people to them that are not doing life alone, tend to live longer than those that are trying to do life alone. In fact, James says this in the Bible. In James chapter 5 and verse 16, he says, Admit your faults to one another and pray for each other so that you may be what? Now, I think one of the reasons that friendships are so important and the way that we become healed and, and where friends are concerned is that we're able to unload those negative emotions and share those with others. It's interesting to note that in order to be healed, that confession does start with God in order to be forgiven. But healing starts with sharing that with other people. And in turn, I'm healed. So it's very interesting that you could ask yourself, maybe there's some things in my life that I don't feel healed from, that I've, I've carried around for years and years. Maybe the answer is just share that with someone that you trust. Share that with a godly friend in order that they may help you carry that burden. And then you may find yourself healed. Well, I think the third thing and the third reason that we need awesome friends in our life is for social enjoyment. I mean, you need fun in your life. Life is meant to not just be endured, but life is meant to be fun. And so I'd encourage you to find people that you can have a good time with. And here's the thing. When you have friends in your life, and the joys of life seem to double because you have people to share that with. And I think the opposite is true as well. That when the sorrows of life come, you may find those cut in half. Why? Because you have people that you can share that with. People to walk through life with you. God is even an advocate for friendship and he hates loneliness. And he talks about this in Genesis 2 as he's talking about Adam and Eve. Before Eve came along, this is what God said. He said, it is not good for the man to be what? He didn't want him to be alone. He hates loneliness. And so what I've found is that if we'll work to cultivate friendships in our lives in our 20s in our 30s in our 40s in our 50s when we get to our 60s or 70s or 80s we won't be alone i think the saddest thing is that we've squeezed out friendships because we're too busy life is just in the way i don't have time for that that's kid stuff i don't have time for friendships or relationships in my life outside of my immediate family but when we get older we find ourselves lonely and I think that's sad. And so we want to avoid that at all costs. Why? Because God hates loneliness as well. The fourth reason I think that we need awesome friendships in our life is for emotional support. Emotional 
support. Life is a journey, and you need companions in your life. And I think there's two types of of friends that you have in your life, and and you can think about the people around you. Don't say it out loud, but you can think about the, the people around you and put them into one or two categories, and I think it's this. Some people inspire us, and some people drain us. Would you agree? And so we've got to work to get more people in our life that inspire us, that are inspirational to us. I think the Bible talks a lot about, in the New Testament, the one another's. And what I mean by that, the one another's that Paul talks about is like love one another, encourage one another, pray for one another, care for one another. There's about 58 one another's in the New Testament. And so those people in our life that inspire us are the ones that are carrying out the one another's of Scripture. Otherwise, you've got people in your life that are draining you. Jesus summed it up this way. And this is our memory verse for the week, so I'd love for you to turn over your connection card and say, I can memorize this because there's like five words. Okay, you can do this before you leave today. And it says this in Matthew 22 and 39, love your neighbor as what? Yourself. How do we love ourselves? Well, you got up this morning, you made sure that you had clothes on, right? You made sure that you probably fed yourself or you're going to go eat lunch after. And many times we ask ourselves, how is this going to affect me? That's a way that we love ourselves. What does this mean for me? And so in doing that, we love ourselves. And so Jesus says you're supposed to love other people as much as you love yourself. What does that mean? Bottom line for today, you are to love others as much as you love you. You are to love other people as much as you love you. And when you do that, you find yourself with a family of friends. Now, you're in for a real treat today because Chris Woodson, our Connect Group Director, he's going to come. He's going to talk about the second question that we're going to ask today, which is, how do I gain awesome friends in our life? So, Chris is going to come at this time. Chris? Have we met? No. Uh, so Pastor Chesney gave us all these great reasons of, of why we need awesome friends. So we're going to look at four things, four reasons, uh, four ways to get those uh, awesome friends. And they all come right out of the golden rule. Matthew 7 verse 12 says this, do for others what you would like them to do for you. So treat people the way you want to be treated. Love people because you want to be loved. So do for them what you want them to do for you. And where do we begin? The first thing we do is we invest the time. We invest the time. It's an investment. Uh, friendships don't just happen overnight. They take years and years to build, sometimes sometimes even longer than that, really. I mean, a, a real friendship is, is an investment. And we have ways that you can find those investments here. As a matter of fact, uh, the starting point kind of comes with time and energy. So... Being here at church, if you will, take out this blue sheet in your program, and this is a, a ministry partner opportunity form. Now, every I don't expect everyone to do this, but if you're not serving and you're wanting to connect with people, you're wanting to kind of get out of the shell and let the turtle walk around, uh, ministry partner opportunities, you can sign up and you can begin serving. And the coolest thing about serving at church is you actually begin to see God's work unfold in the lives of our community and the people that you're building relationships with. 
So that's one way that you can do it. Another way that you can do it is there's also, and I'm a little biased because, as Pastor Chesney said, I'm the Connect Groups director. Uh, you can pull out your Connect Groups catalog. So our summer, se our summer uh, semester is picking back up. We have 15 groups, which is huge for a summer semester. So 15 groups, 12 of those still have room for you. And speaking of investing the time, after service today, there's going to be people with brightly colored vests. They're going to have clipboards. They'll be walking around in the lobby and, and outside. And they love you before they know you. And this is how I know. Because a month ago, they signed up to open up the doors of their home. They signed up to give their time to meet with you and to, to hold those groups to where you can begin to nurture relationships and you can have a support system and accountability that you otherwise wouldn't have. Because here's the thing. The first place I would recommend you find those awesome relationships is right here at church. And here's why. Because at Stockbridge Community Church, we kind of have these four words that we go by. Okay? And this is kind of our core four values and principles. And that's this. We connect with God and his church, God and his family. We grow in God's character. We serve God's church. And we share God's message. Amen? Amen? All right, there you are. So we that's the four things. And I guarantee you, if you can find people that share your values and share your morals and they share your goals in life, that's going to be step one to finding people that will invest into you the way that you invest into them. So you want to be the friend that you want somebody else to be. Uh, so you get involved. You can serve. You can join a connect group. I, I want to recommend do both. Hey. You know, it can't hurt. Find people in both avenues. Uh, and, and here, I want to say this, and I hope this, well, it may be offensive, but I'm all right with that. But I do have to tell you something, and I'm just going to be as frank as possible. You will never feel like you truly belong in this church until you are in a group or you're serving. And here's why. Because our people are the blood that pump through the heart of this church. Our people are what make us such an awesome part of God's kingdom. Our people are why we're here, and the people in our community need our people to give them that opportunity for a better life through connecting, growing, serving, and sharing. And joining a connect group and serving, both of those are ways that we can connect. Uh, just to kind of further take that point home, um, Lifeway Organization did this study. They, they did average churches across America, average churches across America. In the average church in America, only 50% of people feel like they have established a real relationship with the other people in their church community. 50% of God's church all across America, only 50, only 50%. But here's, the, here's what's awesome, and this is, what, this is where we come in, 90%, 90% of that same crowd that are in groups would say that they have those real relationships. 90%. And that's a huge jump. The, the next one I want to share with you is this. 42% um, uh, in the average church in America, only 42% of people in those churches would say that they know and use their spiritual gifts. So only 42%, less than half of the people in the average American church know and use what God has built them to do. That same, that same crowd, though, out of those in groups, 75% know and use their spiritual gifts. That's not a coincidence. And here's, here's maybe the biggest one. Here's maybe the biggest one. 47% of, of people in the average church would say that the Bible is a part of their everyday life. 
75% of the people in groups would say that God's word, God's word is a part of their everyday life. Now, do we see do we see the difference that groups can make if you really get involved and plug yourself in and you invest the time? Okay. So, I'm going to challenge you. You guys got so much energy for the 12 o'clock crowd. Um, I'm going to challenge you on the back of your connection card. The back of your connection card. If you would look, it says, I'm going to join a group. And you can put down the group name, the leader's name if you want. You can put down the kind of group it is. If you want to wait and meet up with some leaders after outside, you can do that too. But I want to challenge you because I don't want you to leave today without feeling challenged by me. And I'm challenging you to join a group or to start serving. So, like Pastor Chesney said, you're to love other people as much as you love you. Now, let's apply this to friendship. This is fun. Let's apply this to friendship. If you look out at the five people you're the closest to, and all of those people are jerks. If you look out at the five people that you're closest to, and all those people are bitter, or all of those people are gossips, you attract what you are. Now, that might hurt, but look, check this out. There's, the, there's another side of the coin. Never understood that expression because there can only be two sides of a coin. But there's, there's this other side of the coin that says, if you look out and all of your friends are loving, all of your friends are compassionate, all of your friends uh, honor and, and, and treat each other with respect and dignity, then guess what? You have achieved attracting the kind of people that you want by being that person. You want... If you want to, to be surrounded by loving people who are going to be great friends, you've got to love people and be a great friend. You get that? Okay. Um, so basically, you're not going to have those friends unless you are that friend, okay? Philippians 2 verse 4 says this, Do not be interested only in your own life, but be interested in the lives of others. I'm going to read it again. Do not be interested only in your own life, but be interested in the lives of others. We live in uh, a nation. We live in a society and a culture that tell us um, that in order to make people like us, we have to focus on being interesting. So have you ever noticed people go above and you guys know the one-upper? You guys know that that one friend that no matter how awesome your story is, they've done it twice and it's named after them? All right. There you go. Those of you not laughing. Um, okay, so um, you got to be interested. You got to pay attention to people. Be interested. The next thing you have to do, you have to earn their trust. This is where things get hard. See, when I was growing up, I had this thing to where I, I, I said this out loud, and I meant it. You know, I said, you know. I trust everybody that I meet until they give me a reason not to. So I went into, basically I went into every relationship that I would ever have very abrasively, right? I went in going ahead and assuming, hey, I'm going to trust you, but I know at some point you're going to give me a reason not to. As an adult, I kind of see, okay, there are crazy people out there, y'all. Again, those not laughing. So uh, there are crazy people out there, and, and you know what? Before I let people into, like, the, the closest, deepest parts of my life, I need to make sure I can trust them. Because trusting somebody, I mean, trusting somebody, it's the foundation of any friendship is trust. So you got to invest the time, 
and you got to trust people. And by the way, there's a difference. There's a difference between a friend and an acquaintance. Amen. There's a difference between a friend and acquaintance. You just because you spend eight hours a day in an office with somebody does not make them a friend. Okay. Um, because there could come a time where there's a promotion and it's just one and you meet the bottom of the bus. If you don't know what I mean, just get in the workplace for a few years. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So you got to earn their trust. And here's some ways that you earn their trust. Proverbs 20, verse 6 says this, Many people claim to be a friend, but it's rare. I'm going to say this word again. It's rare to find someone who is truly trustworthy. It's very rare to find somebody that's truly trustworthy. As, as a matter of fact, it, that's what we want. We want somebody that we can trust. We want to, to, we want to be able to trust people, right? But you never know what somebody's gone through because for all the storms that you've weathered in your life, there's no telling what that next person ha- has gone through. So maybe you become trusting before they become trusting. I just want to encourage you today, if you're in that kind of situation where you're developing a relationship and you can't trust somebody, but they trust you or vice versa, that you'll stick with it and continue to invest that time because it'll work out. You invest that time, you be interested in somebody and earn their trust. Here's some ways that we earn their trust. The first one is this, by being reliable. Being reliable. The times that we live in would kind of tell us that um, it's good to be spontaneous, do something different, shake it up a little bit. But here's the thing, when it comes to what matters the most, when I put my ignition in the, in, or my key in the ignition and I turn it, I want it to do the same thing today that it did yesterday. I want it to crank. I want it to get me where I'm going. And it's the same way with our relationships. It's the same way with our relationships. We have to be reliable. Reliability is basically the defining difference. The defining difference between a friend and a flake. Okay? That's the main difference. That's going to be the biggest difference. You have to be able to depend on people and count on them. The next one here, and this one's going to get tough. The next one here, by being loyal. By being loyal. Now, loyalty, loyalty is a word that we don't really use that much anymore, do we? Because the truth is people just, they aren't really loyal to anything, if you think about it. Uh, okay, how many college football fans do we have in here? Don't bark. Okay, um, sorry, this is Georgie, you've got to say that. Um, okay, so we got a lot of college football fans. Here's the thing, we all know somebody, and some of us are married to that somebody. That when the team's going good, okay, so in Georgia we have Mark Rick, right? So he's won a whole bunch of games over the years. Uh, so just to use him as, as an example, when the, when the Bulldogs were winning every game, people love him and cannot talk about how great and godly of a man he is and how wonderful of a leader he is. As soon as they lose the big one, man, we got to get rid of him. we got to fire this guy. I mean it, fire him, fire his mama. We need to get rid of them and burn the stadium down and start over next year. Somebody in here just got convicted. Um, so here's the thing. We're not loyal. It, it, it's so easy not to be loyal. And then you start to look at the most important relationships. Pastor Jeff spoke last week about marriage and how we live in a culture and a society that tells us if you don't like the way things are going, it's completely okay. Walk away. 
doesn't matter what the kids, we'll figure it out. The kids will be fine. They'll get two Christmases, you know. So anyway, I'm not going to harp on that because he just did an amazing message last week on that. But you, you kind of transfer that to the kids. And these are the lessons that they start learning at, at childhood. And it goes on through student years. I know because I get to speak to these guys all the time upstairs in our student ministry. And I only have a four-year-old, so I don't have as much experience as you guys. But here's what I can tell you. If I pour a ton of money on my son's Christian's birthday, on Thomas the Train stuff, and here goes loyalty, right? Right out the window. So all this money goes on Thomas the Train stuff. Two weeks later, we don't care about Thomas the Train anymore. We like Jake and the Neverland Pirates. We don't care about Daddy's pocketbook either. But anyway, so wallet. So um, <laughs> there y'all go. No, but so brand loyalty, and that's the thing. And here's another thing, um, and I'm not going to stick on this very long, but we also live in a culture where church shopping and church hopping is normal. We do not stay loyal to churches anymore, which is why I'm so thankful to be here with such a great, amazing group of people. I think it's the best church in the world. If it wouldn't, I wouldn't work here. So I think that this is the greatest church in the world. I believe that as much as possible. And I'm loyal. You know, I'm going to stay that way. And I wish that if, if that would happen across the world, churches could do anything. If people would just stick where they're at and work with what God's given them. I think there's nothing that the church couldn't accomplish. So that's just kind of my thing. The last thing, by, being, by keeping confidences, by keeping confidences, Now, that sounds simple. That's kind of like, well, if somebody tells me that, then I'll just, you know, I'll. If somebody starts a sentence with you that says, hey, you didn't hear this from me. Or, hey, don't tell nobody I told you this. I'm not supposed to know. Chances are that person was told by a different person that was told by a different person that was told by a different person that told them not to tell anybody. And by the time that message gets all the way over here, it's completely different. It's blown out of proportion. And here's another thing. If people will gossip to you, they will gossip about you. That can't be said enough. So I'm going to say it one more time. Um, if somebody will gossip to you about somebody else's business, they will gossip about you to somebody else. So th that's the way, that, that's the last way that we remain we uh, can build trust and, and build these awesome friendships. Pastor Chesney is going to come back out. Thank you guys for listening this morning. Thank you, Chris. Isn't he great? He's so great. So we have to invest our time. We have to um, earn their trust. And third, we have to listen with empathy. Listen with empathy. I think listening is probably one of the most important um, attributes of a friend that probably we all need to work on no matter what relationship we're in. Why? Because we always want to jump ahead in the conversation, right? We want to not let people finish, and, and, and that just come, brings about a lot of conflict as well. So what is empathy? Well, empathy is just a fancy word that means put yourself in their shoes. Put yourself in their circumstance. What would it be like in their situation? Why? Because you're supposed to love others as much as you love you and so we give other people the benefit of the doubt and understanding their point of view and what they are going through and sometimes we have to listen not just to the words but we have to listen to the emotions 
Those of you that are married, especially you ladies, have probably found yourself, maybe your husband has offended you in some way and he's not none the, none the wiser about what he's done, you know, and he has no clue. And so you're kind of mad and that's kind of obvious. And so he says, what's wrong? And what do you say? Nothing. Well, that's obvious to him that it's something, right? Something is going on. And so many times, not that guys should have to be our mind readers, but many times we have to listen to the emotion and not just the words. James 1 and 19 talks about when we do get in those heated moments of life, he has some really good advice for us. And it says this, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get what? So if we do the first two things, then the third becomes automatic. But we kind of change that up many times, don't we? Because we're very quick to speak and then we're quick to get angry. We don't let people finish the thought until we've already jumped to conclusions. And so God has some very specific things to tell us uh, about getting angry and, and doing that in a slow way. Pastor Jeff's kind of summed it up before uh, like this. Listen up, button up, and grow up. Okay, If we'll do those three things, then we'll be good to go. We'll be more patient. We'll be more uh, um, accommodating to other people's feelings. And so that's very important in learning to listen. Why? Because you're to love other people as much as you love you. Don't you want people to listen to you? And so we, we need to return the favor. The fourth thing I think that we need in order to gain awesome friends is to accept their flaws and bring out their best. Accept their flaws and bring out their best. We all have flaws, don't we? Don't we? I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm the first to overlook my flaw and point out somebody else's. My husband, Danny, who stands right here and sings and does such a good job, we have discussions at home about how he likes to lay his stuff all over the counters and the bar. It's on the table. It's everywhere. Hats and watches and papers and this and that. And so that's kind of our discussion a lot about picking up after yourself. Well, sometimes when I'm about to give him that discussion, I have to first look and see if I got any stuff laying around myself. And sometimes I find that I do. So what do I do? I run and I get that stuff and I go put it away. And I say, Danny, look at all your stuff laying in here. I can't believe all this stuff. And so, why? Because we're so quick to overlook our own flaws and to point out those of others. It's so important that we turn it on ourselves. And here's the thing. Your spouse should be your best friend. But guess what? Your spouse or their friends in your life, they have flaws. And guess what? They're not going to change. You just got to learn to live with it for the most part. Now, I'm not talking about large issues, but I'm talking about Flaws, you know, those things that kind of get under skin, but they're not that big of a deal. They're not deal breakers. They're just issues, little flaws. And so we can overlook those by saying, you know what? They are such a good person. They have such great qualities. I can overlook this weakness. He has such great qualities. I can overlook this one flaw. And so that's how we have to rearrange our thinking. Look what Proverbs says about overlooking. The writer says, overlooking a person's faults cultivates what? But nagging about them destroys friendships. If we pick, 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 nag, 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 and I can get into that habit of picking, 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 what does it do? It destroys 
relationships. It destroys friendships. I don't know about you, but there's a person in my life who has overlooked every flaw and accepts me for who I am. And that is God our Father. And He's done the same for you. And through His Son Jesus, He says, I accept you if, and I want you to accept my Son for your life. To make Him the number one friend. The Bible says that Jesus is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And if we get that one friend in the right place in our life, then guess what? All the other relationships fall into place. So I want to encourage you today that maybe you're here and you say, you know what, Jesse, I've not made Jesus Christ the number one relationship in my life, and I want to do that today. My relationships around me are kind of a wreck. My family's in kind of disarray. My, my relationships, my friendships, and I want to make him number one. There is a prayer inside your program the prayer to become like a, a follower of Christ. And I want to read this prayer, and you don't have to say this out loud. You just repeat it in your mind, in your heart, right where you are. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. not going to ask you to come forward. It says this, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. If you say that prayer today, and you meant it with all your heart, then you are a follower of Christ now. You're beginning that journey. And I'd just like you at some point just to let us know on the back of this connection card that today you're becoming a follower of Christ. And we want to send you some things in the mail to help you along on your journey. We want to pray for you. So I hope that you'll do that today. The second part of this equation is not only to overlook their flaws, but to bring out their best. You know, that's what best friends do is they bring out your best. That should be what we are to look at in looking for friends. The Bible says this in Proverbs 27 and 17, that just as iron sharpens iron, friends sharpen the minds, or you could say character, of each other. Sometimes the way our friends can be our best friends is for us to give them permission to be honest with us, to help us to be better. Because that's what friends do. You know, they're not just neutral. They show up, and they take sides. That's what friends do. There's a story that I came across, and being Memorial Day weekend, I was reading a story about two soldiers that enlisted together into the military. World War I. They'd been friends forever, their whole lives, and decided to go into battle together as well. And as they're in the midst of the war, one is in the trench, and, and he looks out, and he sees his friend being taken down by the battle. He turns to his lieutenant, and he says, I want to go get him. Let me go get him. Let me bring him back. And the lieutenant says, you know what? You're risking a lot here. He's probably dead, and you're risking your own life. He says, I understand that, but i I got to go. And so as he's running to his friend, miraculously, he gets to him. He takes his friend, he hoists him up over his shoulder. He comes back to the trench and falls into the trench together. The lieutenant checks the wounded soldier's status, and he turns to him, and I said, I told you this wouldn't be worth it. He's dead, and now you're wounded. And he said, but sir, you don't understand. It was worth it. He said, what do you mean he's dead? He said, 
when I got to him, he was still alive. And I had the satisfaction of hearing his last words. And he said, Jim, I knew you would come. You know what friends do? They show up. They take sides. How do you gain those friends? You get in a connect group. You join a ministry. You find friends. And you love other people as much as you love you. That's how you find friends. Today we're going to pray. And there's going to be um, prayer partners here in the altars at the, at, uh, throughout this song. If you need prayer, you need a friend to stand in for you today. And to pray about a situation in your life. They're going to be here. I'd like for you, if you would, at this time to stand. Let's pray and close together. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you that most of all, in the beautiful exchange of our unrighteousness for your righteousness, you sent your son Jesus to die for us. An example of friendship that we could never repay to be our Savior. And God, we thank you for that great example. I pray that you would help people to take the steps to go the next step in their journey of faith. And God, if there's people here that are lonely, I pray that you help them, Lord, to love other people as much as they love themselves in order to gain the friends that you want us to have. You want us to have a full life, life to its fullest and abundant. And I ask, Lord, that you would help us to be the friend that you would have us to be. And we thank you for your love for us and your example of that. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again so much for joining us online at SCC. I would love to know that you're out there listening and be able to connect with you. If you would, email me at jeffdaws at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S. I pray you have a blessed week and join us again soon.